welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal, and on this episode, we have a session from the Digiday Publishing Summit we held in Vail, Colorado from March 27 to 29. More and more publishers are realizing that they can capture revenue by installing paywalls on sites, limiting the number of free articles a reader has access to. While this seems like a foolproof plan to increase earnings, how do you balance that with the customer journey and satisfaction? Hear from Danielle Hollack, Chief Product Officer at New York Media, as he walks us through what it was like to implement New York Magazine's paywall. So, um, like I said, uh, we're here to talk about your paywall. Um, The paywall launched in November? Correct, four months ago. So, this is a new product. Um, I'm sure some people know about it, some people don't. Uh, Give us a skinny. What what is your paywall? What does it look like? So, we, New York Media, for those who don't know, um, digitally is... uh, includes about six different brands and websites. And the paywall encompasses all of it. So it's a bundle of all our properties. Um, And it's a $5 a month, $50 a year, or $70 with uh, print and digital. Got it. And you decided not to make a, this is not a metered paywall. This is a paywall that changes its shape and size. Yes, it's, it's, we call it a dynamic paywall. Um, we look at different factors uh, in determining who gets blocked, I guess, from the content. Uh, the factors that we, we look at are quality of the content. Uh, obviously, a feature will score higher than, let's say, a blog post. Uh, the second factor is depth. Uh, so a reader who reads a lot in a single vertical Uh, And the third factor is breadth, a a reader who reads across multiple verticals. And the shape changes, and it allows us to change it also. Uh, So when we started our paywall, you know, one of the big fears is, are we going to impact our our advertising inventory? Uh, So we we had very loose rules, and over time, we just keep tightening it as we find out that we're not impacting our ad inventory. So you have been tightening it. Tell me a little bit, yeah, I mean, what's the, obviously it's going to change, as you say, based on the factors you listed, but like, tell me bit more about how that's evolved? Um, it, it, it depends a lot on, um, you know, some of the rules are just loosening. So if we're, we're saying, okay, uh, for a single vertical, there you can read 10 articles. Maybe we bring it down to eight. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's really just trial and error and trying to figure out what's working, what's not working. Um, the one thing you'll realize when you launch a paywall is you have no idea what will or will not work. So, it's four months, a lot of this time is just learning. Mm. And we should maybe even just back up a little bit too. So why did you decide to build a dynamic one instead of just meter and just say, you get 10 articles, be it on NY Mag or Vulture, and that's how it's gonna go? Like why did you, why God to go dynamic? So the main reason is we felt if we could actually target the people who are most likely to convert, um, it will help us long-term, particularly on retention. And frankly, so far, our retention rate is over 95%. Um, so it gives me a signal that you know, the dynamic actually is working well, because uh, that's higher than a lot of the peop- other sites. And, um, but wouldn't a, wouldn't a 10, 10 article a month paywall d- help with that too? Like why, is it, why does the dynamic one help? We, we don't know if it'll help. I, I think it gives us the flexibility to, to change and try different things and evolve. And maybe we find on Vulture, it needs to be looser and the cut needs to be tighter. Um, maybe it depends on the, a, a particular month or time of year. And by having sort of, I just don't think that a one number count is 
um, sophisticated enough to really, you know, be as targeted as we wanted to be. We don't want to impact the people who will not convert. Um, we can still monetize them through advertising, and that's fine. So you mentioned a little bit earlier that you know you launch a paywall, you have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> you have, I'm sure, some best guesses, some yep. working theories. Um, which of those was right? Which of them was wrong? I mean, four months, a lot of learning still going on. But like, what what did you get right, and what did you sort of you know change or? So what we got right is people are signing up for it, uh, and that's that's a big signal. Um, How we, many? Uh, I won't tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we are we are. We have already passed our first year projections. First year? First year projections. Okay. I think we might have you know, had a really low bar, but yes, we, what we expected to, to get, we've already surpassed. So number one, people are subscribing. People are staying and continuing to do it. Um, other interesting factoids is, is a lot of, we're finding out now which of our verticals are, are let's say, over-indexing on subscribers and which are not. Um, so for example, the, the cut seems to over-index relative to its size. Um, and that's interesting. We're, we're finding out uh, different geographies. Uh, and you know, despite our name as New York Magazine, California is our biggest state. Um, but New York probably has the people who has most propensity to convert, and that's, in fact, True. We have most of our digital subscribers are in New York and tri-state area, um, and uh, you know just a lot of what is the content that people uh, are actually converting on. Um, and does that vary by <coughs> vertical? So like yes. features kill it on the cut, don't do so great on Grove um, Street, or like is it, it how does. But but there's even just content categories that that maybe we thought would convert better than others that, that are not. Okay. And to be clear, not all our sites, not all our pages and not all our content are, are metered. So the Strategist, which is our e-commerce uh, site, uh, affiliate marketing, it has no meter at all on yeah. it. And um, so tell me, I guess you mentioned, what are the, the ones that have performed strongest? You mentioned the cuts over indexing. The cuts over indexing, um, the, the, I'm trying to think. Um, Grub Street, which is really interesting, um, which is, is our smallest site, but uh, has sort of a fanatical user base in terms of uh, food news and restaurant news in New York City, is also doing quite well and seems to play into it. Um, we've also found that sometimes our older content uh, converts really well. Um, we're seeing good conversion rates on, on articles that were sort of published three months before we even took the wall, and, and so that gets us thinking, how do we bring, keep recircing those articles and bring them into the, the fold? So that's another sort of surprise. Yeah, I mean, tell me a little bit. So as you've, you've got this thing, it's clearly off to a, a strong start yeah. um, just in terms of signups. And actually, maybe just as a slight parenthetical, you say people are signing up. Are they mostly signing up for a month, giving this a try, or are they going, sign me up, 70 bucks, give me a print <coughs> issue? So what, what has been, the, the biggest bucket is monthly, yeah. but 40% uh, are signing up for annual, okay. which is good. Yeah. And uh, we've actually seen an increase in our print and digital bundle. So we're, we're, you know, what's fascinating is we actually increase the price mm -hmm. of uh, print because it now includes digital, and we're seeing more subscribers. 
interesting. And so, yeah, as I was saying, this seems to be going, it's off to a strong start. You're getting a lot of intel that you're able to use in a lot of different corners of the organization. Um, talk to me a little bit about you know, what that means. So like, as you get that intel in, are you then going to members of your product team to change the research strategy? Are you talking Absolutely, with the revenue uh, side? Like, how is the sort of learnings that you've been absorbing on this influencing you know, the other facets of the organization? So I think from what we've seen and spoken to everybody who has one of these, you can't stop iterating. Right, nothing that works today will necessarily work in the future. So we're constantly looking at it, we're constantly, constantly trying to figure out how to better optimize everything from research to the checkout flow to, you know, hey, does the mobile checkout flow need to be different from the desktop checkout flow, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but also editorially, um, you know, how does this impact content strategy? How does it impact where we're putting our resources uh, on that? Um, you know, tr historically, traffic has been sort of the main driver. Let's get more audience, uh, let's grow. Um, that's not the only factor now. And so how do we balance out the needs of sort of the scale game and the engagement subscription game? And how quickly do you feel like you're able to figure something out, like where you're getting data in and it's enough to form a hypothesis? Like, you know, is it a week's worth of, you know, <laughs> or one article? I don't, I don't, months? I don't think it's uh, a week is not enough, um, and I don't think a month is enough because there's just too much variables. Mm -hmm. um, what we find is every time we get an answer, it just leads to more questions, um, and there are new questions, but. Um, the hope is that uh, over time it will it will be uh, we'll just get smarter about it. Is there sort of a structure that you've put in place where you uh, I don't know dig through the data that you're getting from this that you use to then disseminate it? Like yeah, we have a weekly uh, sort of uh, cross-functional check-in. So marketing, product, edits, uh, audience development teams, all in a room, just looking at what happened last week, what worked, what didn't work. Um, you know, uh, so that everybody has the same information. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we've been talking about so far, I feel like, is mostly focused on um, what goes on, like, on your own channels, you know, like, whether it's the checkout flows, you yep. know, mobile versus desktop, stuff like that. I'd love to get your thoughts, and I guess it's early still, but, like, just on what this uh, effect this has had on the way that you perceive your platform audiences. I mean, you guys have audiences that are spread out a lot of different places. Yep. I'm sure that you know, they are worth more or less for different kinds of initiatives. Like, has adding a paywall changed the way that you think about those audiences? Not so much with the platforms. I think there's, I think it's, it's changed how we think about licensing our content to, to sites, I guess they're platforms, Yahoo, MSN, who aggregate content, um, and does that impact our potential ability to subscribe. Uh, things like Facebook uh, or Twitter or even Snapchat and Instagram, it doesn't really impact that equation because a lot of that just comes back to us. Mm -hmm. uh, we are on Apple News Plus um, and that, you know, we think that is gonna be kind of a, a, a cool thing and uh, shouldn't really impact, at least for a term, uh, our, our subscription product because it's, we feel it's a different audience. Um, so it hasn't really done that yet. Yeah, let's, let's dig into the Apple News Plus piece of this yep. a little bit. So like, um, you and I talked about this for a little bit for a story that ran today actually, um, where, where you made that Read very point. Read it on digiday.com. You should. <laughs> <laughs> um, where you made the point, which I thought was uh, really interesting, which is that 
it's, it's a great sandbox where you can you know, test out ways to sort of think about the vertical brands in a new way and, yep. and the way they manifest. But it's also, to your point, like you, you view it as a fundamentally like a different audience from the people that the sort of, I guess, psychographic profile of who you expect your consumer is. Like how, in what ways are these, these audiences different in your mind? Um, as you, you know. I mean, we, when we look at sort of the demographic information that we get from Apple, mm -hmm. um, we see that you know they're older uh, than our regular audience on site. Um, they're different, and I think, frankly, they want a different experience. They're happy to go to Apple and, and do that. What we're looking for on our site are, and we have them. We have loyal superfans. Um, we call them obsessives, uh, and our goal is to target those obsessives. And those obsessives are not just looking for content; they're looking for community. Um, on Vulture, you know, thousands and thousands of people come and aggregate on Vulture to talk about last night's episode of Real Housewives or The Bachelor, right? They want to be part of something bigger than just that piece of content. You don't have that on Apple News. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's gr Apple News is great for what it is, but you know, we, ha we offer different things and probably more things uh, on our own and operated properties. Got it. And yeah, that's a good segue into the other piece of this too. So like, the paywall is great um, for all the reasons we just discussed, but it's also um, it's supposed to be just one facet of a membership product, right? I mean, Correct. like the idea is that um, uh, we talked about this a while ago. Like, it's maybe eventually going to have a Slack channel. There might be some sort of like live experiential dimension to it. Like, a where does all that stand? And b uh, well, start with where it stands. So uh, it's in progress. We be, even before we rolled this out, we have had uh, membership products. Um, one of them was for Vulture, called the Vulture Insider, which are were for super fans. You had New York we, by New York. We had New York by New York and the local scene. We recently launched the Cut Council for that brand, and so we've always been developing communities around our verticals. And now that you know, we have those communities, we have the subscription product, how do we sort of bring them together? Um, when we do, what we do with these communities is you know, some of the things, we have live events. They can buy tickets before. Um, they can buy VIP access. Um, you know, in the case of Vulture, we offer them things like movie screenings and, and book readings and all these sort of cultural events. So there, there's a lot of in real life uh, that we're trying to bring to those communities because they just want to meet people like them. And that's sort of like the most, the thing that I like about our audience is like you talk to sort of like these vulture readers and they're like, I really like this show and no one I know likes this show. So I go to you so I can meet people who like that show. And, and, that, and so how do we bring them into the fold and give them you know something that they're looking for? Interesting. And is that something that you see uh, being something that happens mostly like on your own and operated properties or like in other areas like do you I don't know funnel people to Facebook groups or how do you sort of we've we have some Facebook groups we've experimented with that we've talked about I've, I've said it publicly do we create a slack group just for our audience um, do we try to bring back forums uh, we're looking through these and trying to figure out what's the right um, mix. And I think there has to be a digital uh, side of it, and then there has to be also an uh, in real life side to it. Got it. Uh, I have one more question, then I will turn it over to you guys if you have questions uh, for Daniel. Um, you mentioned earlier on, so like, obviously off to a great start, you've already exceeded your first year target for it. Um, how big of a slice of the pie for you guys is this supposed to be as membership? Like, is membership going to be? <laughs> so, so uh, you know, our 
our biggest slice, and I'm not going to say the percentages, is advertising. It still is, mm -hmm. and will be for the foreseeable future. Um, our advertising business is growing, so but. Uh, we also have a very healthy e-commerce affiliate marketing business, which is our probably our second biggest slice, and this will be the third. <laughs> okay. um, great. Well, um, I learned a lot. Who has questions for Daniel about uh, what they're doing with the paywall? Did you roll out your monthly and your annual at the same time? And yes. have you done any? Oh, you have. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and have you done any radical price adjustments, or was there anything you learned? Uh, we we don't we don't want to make price adjustments. Um, Why not? <laughs> I, I think I think it devalues it. I you know there's it, it, and you know that means it could have been up. Been up. Um, yeah, no. Look, it's too early. It, it, frankly, it's it's this is literally the fourth month anniversary today uh, that we launched this out. So we need to collect more data before figuring out what works. But in general, we don't want to discount just to get subscribers. Um, because you'll lose them when, when uh, on tr to churn eventually. That, that's what we found, um, speaking to a lot of other people. So we want to, we will experiment, we will test, but nothing yet. Hmm. Other questions? I have another one. Sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, typically uh, super fans read a lot of content. Yep. Um, they, uh, so was there, was, did that maybe affect, uh, this is a, a subscriber does not get an ad-free version of it. No. Is that why? <laughs> because? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, when we did some surveying about it, it, it did not seem to be a, an important consideration for our users. Okay. I don't think users hate ads. I think they hate bad ad experiences. Okay. And we have a, I think we have a fairly good ad experience. Um, and, and so that has never been a, a, a complaint from our users that we felt we needed to address. It wasn't broke, didn't need nope. fixing. Okay. Uh, you all get, oh, question up in the front. Uh, when you do paid media to drive subs, do you find better conversion driving straight to a sign-up page or do you try to drive to content that's paywall? Um, you know, I don't know the answer to that uh, off the top of my head, but. No worries. I know you're only. No, no, me. not you. No. <laughs> um, I know you're only four months in, so it might be too early to tell. But do you feel good about going down the bundling route? And do you think there's an opportunity that, you know, um, you can sell by vertical or maybe even upsell or premium sell to different types of subscriptions? Abs, I, I'm very happy with the decision to go as a, the bundling route. I think it was the right decision. Um, we debated a lot uh, whether we should sell a cut subscription, a vulture subscription, et cetera, and we decided to go as a bundle. I think that was the right decision. It does give us the flexibility to roll out a per vertical subscription or a premium bundle, and those are both things that we're talking about internally. Cool. Last chance. Oh, one last one. One last one. Uh, I'm curious about the day-to-day -day, um, process of determining which article or feature hits that paywall, and is that your editor-in-chiefs that are determining that? Is all based on the tech? Um, we don't determine, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't determine what goes behind a paywall. So all our content is available for anybody to read. If they read, if they hit a meter, and it's a dynamic meter, uh, if they hit that meter, that content will be locked. So no one decides um, 
what gets locked or not. Got it. So it's not like you have a, a breaking news story, an exclusive that yep. the team's been working on for months, and you know that that's going to... Yeah, we, and we, by the way, we also have the option to say, don't ever put this article behind a wall. Um, but we don't have the option to say, put this article behind a wall for everybody. So the idea then is that you weight stuff, right? So a cover story will have more weight, say, Correct. than a TV recap. Yes. Got it. OK. Um, well, if you keep things on schedule, Daniel, thank you. Thanks. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, then please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get this podcast. Thank you, and I'll be back soon with another episode.